InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Our next guest says, if you're having trouble changing your habits, the problem isn't you, it's your system. This according to author James Clear, and his new book is Atomic Habits, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. James, you talk about mastering tiny behaviors that lead to extraordinary results. What do you mean by that? Well, I like to refer to habits as the compound interest of self-improvement. And what I mean by that is the same way that money multiplies through compound interest, the effects of your habits multiply as you repeat them across time. You know, if you save a 100 bucks for retirement this month, that doesn't feel like much in the beginning. It's easy to dismiss it. It's like, well, I can't retire on $100. And the same way, performing a habit, some small, better behavior today often doesn't feel like a whole lot. You know, like what's the difference between eating a burger and fries for lunch or eating a salad? On any given day, not very much. Your body looks basically the same in the mirror. The scale doesn't really change. But if you repeat those habits for two or five or ten years, the same way that saving for retirement for a decade or two, all of a sudden you turn around and you have these very different results based on what those daily choices were. And so I think we could summarize the impact of small habits by saying that your outcomes in life are often a lagging measure of your habits. Your bank account is a lagging measure of your financial habits. Your weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits. Your knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning, reading habits. And so in a sense, you kind of get what you repeat. And if you can capture that, the power of that, making a choice that's 1% better versus 1% worse, a small habit versus a small decline, then you can find yourself in a very different place a few years down the line. We're talking with James Clear about his book, Atomic Habits. And one of the things you talk about is finding and fixing the causes of bad habits. How do you go about doing that? First thing you got to do is become aware of it. A lot of the time we have habits that we're not even aware of. So, you know, people may not realize that they apologize each time before they ask a question or they cover their mouth before they uh, laugh or they unplug the toaster after each use. And, of course, not all those things are bad things. But my point is that once something becomes a habit, it becomes kind of invisible to us. We're a little bit blind to our behavior. And so... One of the exercises that I recommend in the book is what's called a habit scorecard, where you just go through your habits uh, in granular detail throughout the day. So it might be like, I wake up, I turn off my alarm, I check Instagram, I get out of bed, I make my bed, I take a shower, and on and on and on. And once you have that list, then you can score those habits, whether they're positive or negative or neutral. And so maybe you realize that, all right, I wake up, I turn off my alarm, yeah, that's fine, and then I check Instagram. All right, well, that's, maybe I shouldn't be browsing social media before I've even taken a step in the morning. You know, like that, maybe that's a negative habit. And once you realize that, once you become aware of it, then you actually have a chance to change it. So, for example, you could buy an alarm on Amazon for $8 or $10, an actual alarm clock, and then start charging your phone in another room, charge it in the kitchen or in the bathroom or something. And now when you turn off the alarm, there's no screen to scroll through. And that opportunity to change that bad habit, that was only available after you became aware of it. And so I think the process of behavior change almost always starts with some form of awareness. And that, I guess, leads into another point, which I really like, which is design your environment to make success easier. That sounds kind of like a fun activity to do. Yeah, it can be fun. You can do it in a lot of different ways. So I like to refer to this as either environment design or choice architecture, basically you know, restructuring your environment, the places you live and work, to make good choices more obvious. Like watching television is a good example of this. A lot of people feel like they watch too much TV or 
spend too much time looking at a screen. But if you walk into pretty much any living room in America, where do all the couches and chairs face? They all face the TV. So it's kind of like, what is that room designed to get you to do? And if you restructure that environment a little bit, you know, there are a variety of things you could do. You could take a chair and turn it toward a coffee table and a book instead of the screen. You could take your TV and put it inside a wall unit or a cabinet or something with doors that you are less likely to see it. You could also increase the friction of the task, you know, so you could unplug your TV after each use and only plug it back in if you can say the name of the show that you want to watch. So you're not allowed to just like turn it on and mindlessly find something. All of those are just variants of the same kind of core idea, which is you're trying to structure an environment where the good behaviors are easier and the bad behaviors are harder, where there's very little friction between you and the cues of your good habits, and there's much greater friction or more steps between you and your bad habits. James, I'm wondering if you could perhaps share a story or two about how these techniques have helped somebody really change an ingrained habit. Sure. Let me start by giving you one that worked positively. So I guess the ingrained habit here was procrastinating or not working out, you know, not taking care of themselves and so on. But I had a reader who ended up losing over 100 pounds. One of the first things that he did was he went to the gym, but he wasn't allowed to stay for longer than five minutes. So he would get in the car, drive to the gym, get out, do half an exercise, get back in the car, drive home. And he would do this like four or five days a week. And he did it for the first six weeks. And when I tell people that, it sounds kind of silly, you know, because it's like, well, going to the gym for five minutes isn't going to get you in shape. You know, like that's not, uh, what's that going to do? But what you realize, and this is some of the power of small habits and these kind of tiny routines, is that a habit must be established before it can be improved. And so this reader, he was mastering the art of showing up. He was becoming the type of person who went to the gym every week. And once he was that type of guy, then he had a lot of opportunity to expand and improve. You know, like once you're driving to the gym all the time, you're like, well, you know, I'm going to be here anyway. Maybe I should look up the right kind of workout program to do or get a personal trainer or stay for 15 minutes instead of five. But it's only once you make that part of your identity, once you master the art of showing up, that you have a chance to expand and improve from there. I'll give you another one from a friend of mine who was trying to curtail the behavior of staying up too late watching YouTube videos, browsing Netflix, just generally spending time answering email and not getting to bed. One of the strategies that he used, which I thought was great, is he bought a device called an outlet timer. And so an outlet timer is, you know, you can get it for $10 on Amazon or whatever. It's kind of like a surge protector. You plug it into the wall and then you plug your device into the timer. But the difference is you can set the outlet timer to kill the power from that outlet at a particular time. And so this guy, he wanted to get to sleep at a reasonable hour, so he plugged his internet router into the outlet timer and set it to turn the power off at 10 p.m. each night. So it gets to 10, internet goes off, can't watch Netflix, can't browse YouTube, time to go to bed. And I love strategies like that that essentially take willpower out of the equation. Now it's not about you trying to force yourself to do the right thing or remember to stay on track. You have, in a sense, automated that little piece of the behavior and made it easier to slide into that productive power-down routine. So the book is Atomic Habits, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results, the author James Clear. James, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.